Blake Neely is an award-winning composer who has scored in the Arrowverse, in addition to the series Riverdale and the film Greyhound. In the Arrowverse, Arrow and the Flash are just some of the shows he scored. I spoke to him at San Diego Comic-Con, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Composer Blake Neely. Really excited about uh, what you're working on here. I'm excited about it. It's a cool. It's a. It's a cool project. It's a, another genre for me. It's um. It's exciting. It, it's got an instant fan base that we can easily lose if we don't do it right. But it's it's very exciting. Uh, it's a character I've literally grown up. With, yeah. You know, and uh, Green Arrow is one of the ones I've always read. They they've done him very well in the animation, and I thought Justin did a fine job too. Uh, so, I mean, from, we'll definitely get into the music, but just on the new Green Arrow, what's uh, what's your impressions of him by seeing him? Uh, you know, from, from what you've seen of the footage and everything. I thought when I when I I mean I read the script and I thought this is it's a great script. I mean the writers are are brilliant. Um, but my thought was, you still were in 2012, and you've got a guy running around a city carrying a bow and arrow. There's a chance that this could be campy as hell. And so you worry, like, are people going to laugh at this? What's he going to dress like? What's he going to look like? I mean, the comic book, you know, sometimes he dressed like Robin Hood, and sometimes he was in this cool hoodie. And um, So I didn't know until I saw it. But I knew the script was good, and I knew the director, David Nutter, was going to do a fantastic job. He had a vision for it. I saw some early footage. And then once I got it, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a really interesting show with lots of layers and lots of ways they can go. Plus, the DC Universe is so big. I mean, you can bring in... If you're ever lagging in ratings, just bring in a big villain character and you're golden. Or a super ally. Yeah. You know? Uh, exactly. You never know. And I'm sure we'll see a few, you know. Which is what's exciting about it. I mean, they, they tease you with quite a few in the pilot as the, like, his best friend and his... Just all these different characters that could turn into something that you're not sure of. More with Blake Neely in just a moment. So, musically, how do you approach scoring this kind of uh, TV series? Do you ignore the superhero element and just kind of go with the character and, and what his dilemma is, that kind of thing? Or do you, you know, find a way to incorporate the superhero stuff into it? No, I, I, think, I think we kind of have a responsibility after all of these many years of great, great superhero themes and scores. There's an obligation to... The audience is expecting a certain sound. You can modernize it, you can change it, you can make it your own, but there's a certain sort of, um, you know, way of doing comic book characters. So I don't ignore that, because otherwise I'm going to come in and do something really esoteric, like harpsichord for our badass superhero, which I can't, can't do. So, you know, you listen to a lot of superhero themes, and I've grown up with them. I, I loved... I always have loved... Williams Superman theme um, but it's all orchestral and maybe a little old fashioned now for CW I've loved Danny Elfman's Batman theme I loved this year's Avengers theme by Sylvester and Warner's done it again with, with 
Spider-Man. So you kind of just take a little bit from each thing and as your ingredients for your new recipe. Um, and then it, and then it becomes the the more selfish part of I want to do it my own way. So take in all that and then try to throw out as much as you can. Keep the aesthetic and run with it. So and also I love Hans Zimmer's Dark Knight theme. I mean, which is which is a totally new way of doing it. So there's a lot of a lot of that. Family, so uh, same family. You can talk about yeah. that. Yeah. For for the, for Arrow or Green Arrow, uh, is there an act? Did you actually write a theme for the character? Yeah, yeah. He's he has he definitely has a theme. It's a very short theme which I wanted to make hopefully well definitely short but hopefully memorable so that um, it becomes a device you can use even if he's not on screen you can hint at the theme and the audience says oh I know what's what's at play here so that was that was part of it and then just the overall sound and, and style of it um, what instruments to use what not to use uh, I wanted to bring in a, a very synthetic electronic element for the to modernize it a bit and it's a very urban show um, urban in the sense of city and then of course the orchestra is always what I turn to for the power and the emotion so it's sort of a blend of all of that oh very cool I love uh, what I call textured music yeah for, and I, I don't you know it's like you hear something one way and it becomes almost a cliche in itself but when you hear different elements and even incorporating like sound effects or whatever into it or taping, you know, metal hashing or whatever to get yeah. a different sound. Is that something you enjoy doing too? I love, I love hearing when I hear something that I don't know what made that sound. I love it. I love when I can tell, oh, that's an oboe and it's a beautiful melody. But when I can't tell what what created that sound, it's something that I try to achieve, whether it's with a blend of real instruments or electronics or. Um, so I, I try to do that. Do you have you manipulated any sounds for the show? Yeah, we've played with um, my assistant and I have played with actually recording the sound of bows and arrows and detuning them and slowing them down and processing them. But at some, you know, you can use that as as a layer, but it's not really something that can work all the way through. Um, but I, I've I worked on this one sound for his for whenever he uses arrow and. And you never know what, what you're going to use and what sound effects are going to use, so it's just a collaborative effort and a combination of all. So it's it sounds like it's, uh, is it a grittier show than maybe we've seen the CW do? Yeah, it's pretty dark. It's not, it's not a happy 90210. I mean, there's still the teen aspect of it and, and everyone's sleeping with everybody, but... Um, it's pretty dark. I mean, he was... The origin is he was uh, on a strand on an island for five years and comes back to everyone's... The world is, has gone to pot and, and everyone's turned on him. So, it, yeah, it's a dark concept. It's very emotional. He's got to get his mojo back. Is he's got to get his mojo back. He's figured out that he's got some superpowers. He's, he can create some really cool... You know, it's like Batman in the way of he creates really cool weaponry. Um, he's got a lair that he goes to and makes his arrows. And, um, and the pilot, there's this great work training sequence, as I call it. And he's doing this workout that I'm sure every trainer in America is going to do now. I mean, it, it's it's really cool. So, How many episodes did you have to score so far? We've just done the, the pilot episode. 
they are shooting episode one as we speak, and I'll I'll get to see the first the next episode sometime next month, and then we start in vigorously week by week. Yeah, I'll get a show on like a Tuesday and have to score it by the next Tuesday. So wow, that's a lot. It moves fast. Absolutely, <laughs> that's television. Yeah. So you go with your cons, you with your original idea and run. You gotta go with your gut feeling. You have to, and hope it aligns with everyone else's. And oddly, this is the first one where there's that there's that trepidation about the fans too. I've never done a show where there was built-in fan base. It's always bring the fans to you. But this one, you've got you know everyone here in this hall downstairs is wanting to not be disappointed. So that's that adds to the pressure. I don't know how the writers are doing it, but if they can do it, I can do it. Well, me too. I don't want to be disappointed. I like Arrow, and I like Justin Hartley's performance, and I like the animated version and the comics, of course. I have expectations, but, you know, I'm also willing to see a little experimentation. Those yeah. characters have been interpreted and reinterpreted thousands of times. And that's the great thing about TV, too, is you've got, in one season, 22 episodes to get it right. Whereas with a movie, you've got two hours. Yeah. But you can, and in this day and age, you can sort of gauge on, oh, people didn't really like that episode, let's not bring that character back, let's explore a different side. So it's pretty, it's it's fun that way. There's more leeway for character development, and actually musically, too, it gives you a lot of freedom to yeah. incorporate those things. Normally, a movie, you're done. You're done. All right, I'm to looking you. forward to what you've done, and uh, going to open it. Open mind to this one. I want to see what it's about. Thank you. You can enjoy Blake Neely's work on some of the projects I mentioned. It's holiday season. You can get a free gift for podcasting fans, Sci-Fi Talk Plus, not only just for yourself, but also for friends and even family. There's over 800 episodes actually approaching almost 900, commercial-free, uncut, and even special programs. Best part about it, it's free. Click on the link in the show notes for their free lifetime access. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.